0: Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is going to be episode number 21. And man, oh man, this is a really fun ride that we're on right now because the the listeners are just increasing the comments, the feedback, all that stuff. It's really just pouring in and it's really, really awesome. And it's because of you that it's growing so much because you're enjoying the content. And today is going to be no different. I think you're going to really, really love this interview that I recently did with a seller who is based in the UK, but he's selling in the US. And his name is Richard Turnbull. And he's a really, really cool guy. And he's got a really, really awesome story on how it all started. He's been selling on Amazon for about a year and a half. I'm pretty sure he'll tell us the exact time frame. but it all started from a contest that he was going to enter for a Shopify, uh, contest that they were having. And he had to basically create a, or think of a product to sell and then start to sell it. And it just spun into this Amazon thing and he's doing really, really well. So I'm going to let him explain the story to you. But I just kind of wanted to give you a, you know, a little briefing on what we're going to be discussing today. It's going to be his entire journey and, uh, and how he's doing this. And he's got a very unique, uh, End goal here. He's actually looking at selling the business once he gets it to a certain point. He's going to talk about that in great detail. So, with that all being said, and I just kind of like I said, I wanted to touch on that. I wanted to first off just thank everyone for leaving those iTunes reviews. I know I've been saying that on almost every episode because it really does help us rank and it. Truly does because I've been ranking now, or the show's been ranking for uh, every single week, just about in the new and noteworthy in business and a few times the number one page for all of iTunes, which is really, really cool. So I did want to read one review because this one was really, really good too. And it's straight from the iTunes, uh, you know, reviews. And I'm just, just going to jump right in here and kind of read it back because I love to highlight the ones that really caught my attention. I mean, all of them do, but some, some of them are, are just Really, really fun to read. Um, This one here says, Contagious Enthusiasm, and it's by Cook1928. I've been meaning to listen to Scott's podcast for a while now and finally got started with episode 19 on pay-per-click today. It's so great to listen to someone who gets excited about this stuff as I do. Us e-com geeks need to stick together. Not only is Scott's broadcast demeanor wonderful, the amount of actionable information he provided was extraordinary. I've been doing Amazon pay-per-click for a few months now, and I wish I had known about these techniques when I started. Now, I'm really looking forward to listening to the rest of the episodes. Great job, Scott. Hey, cook1928, whatever your first name is, thank you so much for leaving that, and that was really, really awesome. And and yeah, you know what? If if you haven't listened to that episode, that is episode number 19, so you can find that at theamazingseller.com forward slash nineteen. And uh and you'll find the show notes there and the episode there if you wanted to listen to that. And there's actually a download there as well with a checklist for the pay-per-click campaigns that I start with whenever I launch a product. Uh, but this has been a just a really, really cool journey so far and uh and you guys are making it really uh Uh, you know, a lot of fun, okay? So I just want to, again, thank everyone for that. I did want to give everyone just a little update here. Last night, uh, which was actually, I'm recording this on the 17th of March, uh, but last night, or yesterday, I should say, was I, I hit a number one high day for my business, for my Amazon business. I had over 80 no, 79. So I had 80 sales, didn't have it over. I had exactly 80 sales in one day. And I, the most before that, I think was 69. So things are starting to really, really pick up. And I had a little bit of an issue with my shipping as well. And I just wanted to touch on that briefly and just give you a little tip here right in the beginning is if you are shipping air, which I, I always recommend people do in the beginning, you want to also make sure that you keep the amount that you're shipping to $2,500 or less. And the reason why is DHL anyways, um, they hold that there if it's $2,500 or more. So what I mean by that is is if you're having a shipment sent in and it's going to be a $2,500 value, um, they're probably going to hold it and they're going to do a further inspection of it and they may require some more information. I've never had this happen because all of my other orders were about a 1,000 units, which were only really around $1,500 worth of product, uh, maybe even 2,000. So you want to make sure that you can break up those orders. So in the future, I'm going to be breaking up my orders. So this way here, it doesn't go, you know, or get that expensive. So just a little tip there for you. It's something I just dealt with, but I just looked this morning and the, the, uh, It's been released, so it wasn't that much of a hang-up. It was just one little thing that kind of almost stopped the process, and it kind of drew a red flag, so I just wanted to point that out because I think it's important if you are using air to kind of look at that, so that's that. So anyway, that's enough rambling. I want to get right straight to the interview because it's a little bit longer than than usual, but I wanted to dig right in here, and I wanted to kind of just give you a little briefing on what it's about, so enjoy the interview, and I'll talk to you at the end of the show. Well, all right, everyone. Well, we've got a special guest on today. We've got a guy by the name of Richard Turnbull, which is in the UK, and he's going to be sharing his story today, which I'm really excited to hear about. And actually, we're having a beer together, aren't we? Aren't we, Richard? Yeah, you might hear
1: me taking (laughs) that. A glug every now and then. So apologies for that.
0: But yeah, so uh, I'll just give everyone a, a, a brief uh, uh, intro. I mean, you've been selling on uh, on Amazon now for just over a year and a half, and you reached out to me and really wanted to know if there was anybody in the UK that you could kind of connect with and and kind of uh, form a little, I guess, meetup or little mastermind or just a little networking. Uh, Group or just even a couple people, just so you can kind of connect within your area. And I said, well, I didn't know of anybody, and I'm sure there's people on here because I get people messaging me all the time from the UK. And uh, I said, well, I'm sure if we get on a a podcast, uh, someone will probably reach out, and uh, I think that would be that would be awesome. So you've agreed to come on and kind of share what you've been. Kind of doing up to this point, and kind of giving us some some of your your story and your background, and I'm sure that that'll in turn help people because people like to hear people's stories, and I think everyone has a different way of that they get to a certain place. So I think it'd be interesting to hear yours. So take it away, Richard. Uh, and it's early there. It's what six a.m. No, six at night. Oh, six at night. I was going to say uh, you're drinking beer in the morning, Yeah, man. I,
1: Yeah, no, I should explain. If I'm having a beer at six in the morning, then I need to be in some kind of therapy. No, I'm, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's six at night. So, uh, All right, I'm yeah, screwed no, that, up that's here. That's funny, because if you saw me having a beer and you assumed it's six in the morning, then you've already got a, a, a great view of me. So well, yeah, well, funny. well, you <laughs> know, I,
0: I, I kind of thought maybe you guys started partying a little early.
1: <laughs> wow well, yeah that, that would be the dream <laughs> go all the way through yeah i should have implied that i've been up all night but no it's six in the evening okay so it's six um, six
0: in the evening for you i'd yes. i'm screwed up over here and it's two 2 p.m here in new york so yeah uh, yeah so we, we got a little time difference but we're gonna make this happen so yeah take take it away richard take us through uh, i think i guess you know where you kind of came from in a, in a nutshell and then kind of what turned you on to amazon and then kind of bring us up to today sure
1: um I I live. I live in the UK. I live in Winchester in Hampshire, which is south of the UK. But today, all of my sales have been in um, Amazon.com in America. Um, I've been private label seller for a year and a half, and before that, I actually had a product that I sold off of Amazon for about six months. Before that, so it's kind of been about a two-year journey. Um, originally, I set it up not as an Amazon business. Uh, it wasn't. The goal was never to, to to work from home in my underwear. It was. It was always about, it was actually started because of entering a Shopify build a business competition. Uh, Shopify, are you familiar with the the online platform? Yeah. So um, I I had a mentor at the time who was doing um, great sales through there and uh, kind of four hour work week news style. And uh, for me, it was originally about creating an innovative product that really helped people. Um, And I quantified my goals by saying, you know, it'd be great if I had an extra $3,000 per month after all cost, and, and there's quite high taxes in the UK, so after, after everything. Um, but I very quickly passed that, and, and I changed my goals. So my, my goals quickly, and after the first six months of, of, of selling properly, I actually changed to sell the business within three years. So I'm actually about a year and a half away from that. Wow. Um, so so it, it's interesting to hear the guys that you've interviewed so far, because my goal was slightly different. It's all about selling the business. And, uh, my, the KPIs that I'm measuring against are, are, are really working towards that. So it is about, um, well, we'll get into that more, but it's more about selling my, my business, which Amazon's a big part of it.
0: Yeah. So you really, you're kind of creating a business with the, uh, goal of selling it and get, you know, kind of having a, uh, kind of having an exit plan, if you will, to where you can kind of get out of the business and then, you know, maybe move on to something else
1: exactly and, and and I think um just working on on amazon and, and Amazon was never the goal <clears throat> it's just amazed how it surpassed my expectations and it's adjusted my my goal so the, the plan is still to sell the business and I think you've mentioned on the podcast before that Amazon is just such a great um, market to to show if you've got products that are selling that, that it's a great thing to, uh, show off and, sh- and have reviews that, that people can really buy into.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, so for, for you though, so, you know, your goal is to kind of build up this business so you can show revenue to a retailer or another business. Um, and then from there, um, you know, possibly position yourself as wanting to sell and then them being able to take over that sales channel within Amazon, but also an e-commerce store or a retail Absolutely. store. Okay.
1: Absolutely, it's it's key to have sales off of Amazon as well for me. Um, but but I think kind of at, at this point in time, eighty eighty percent of my sales are Amazon. I think I think what I'm trying to prove is and and uh, have advisors on this is is uh, it, it, without doubt it's it's an Amazon business now. But it's trying to prove that it would have scope outside of that as well. So a lot of, of strategies are trying to build up the it as as a business that. Is it's really cash flow positive? It's really uh, great uh, margins, and just and just kind of screams um, a a business that other people want to be in. And and importantly, that it's not reliant on me. It's putting systems in place that that would actually make it uh, extremely um, scalable and someone else could pick up with it and, 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 take it on
0: from there. Nice. Okay. So I have a few questions on that because, so you're saying basically 80% of your, your revenue in your business is from Amazon. So are you looking for a company to buy your Amazon business? per se, not necessarily buying uh, just your product and your brand, but actually to buy that business so they can pretty much just hop in your seat and start collecting the revenue. And and if they want to take it offline and go e-commerce, go retail, they can? Or do you already set up the e-commerce portion and the retail?
1: No, the e-commerce came first. Oh, so that's right. Okay. It, it's, it's the whole thing. and 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 I think um, I'll go into this a bit more detail later, but um, the, the systems and tools that you've mentioned um, already are ones that I'm using and, and hopefully I can add a bit of value by talking a few, uh, in a, bit, a few of them in a bit of detail. Things like Xero, Shopify, Feedback Genius are things that, uh, that just automate things in, if they're done correctly in such a way that it's, it's so scalable. And, and I think it, it's just taking... Um, myself out as an individual and just putting everything on autopilot that's that's the key for me
0: yeah nice okay yeah perfect um okay so let's kind of then let's rewind a little bit okay so you, you're you're looking at you know creating a product for a contest <laughs> right for or, or a, 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 yeah. a business in a sense for shopify um, you do this. You figure out that you know. You, you come up with a product. How did you come up with a product without giving the product away? How did you come up with a product? And you know, what kind of ideas could you give the audience to coming up with a product that that is 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 pretty much proven to to sell if they can get in front of traffic?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping you've got kind of a bleep machine here because I'm I'm I'm, I'm really. Uh jokingly too honest in that I'm pretty sure I'm going to say my product at one point. uh, Yeah.
0: I'll be able to, I'll I'll be able to cut it out. Don't worry. (laughs) Great. Great.
1: Um, now essentially it was, it was trying to solve a problem. If uh, I I started off and it it was that Shopify build a business competition that really caught my eye. And and what was helpful about that is is it had real clear parameters. If it had certain mentors and if you wanted to be mentored by one person, um you'd you'd be in a certain product category. So it was that framework. And I think what's so great about your podcast is you you're you talked a lot about frameworks and processes and steps to go through that really help people take a lot of the guesswork out of it. And that's that what's really helped me at the beginning. That I, I particularly wanted to be mentored by one mentor. So I wanted that product category. And then I then I, I did did what a lot of people do is I just started looking around the internet and to Look for cool products and things like that. Uh, but it was, it was kind of a eureka moment in that I had uh, a, a real severe problem that I wanted to solve. And, and I realized that, that in my uh, home office, I just had a pile of products that I've been buying over the years to solve that problem. And, and, and fundamentally, about three or four of those products did the job, but I just was wondering, well, why isn't there one product that combines three or four of those aspects? And that, that was the light bulb moment for me. And, and the more research I did, and, and again, it very much follows your, your, your um, approach of, um, at the time, I wasn't doing the research on Amazon, but it was looking at reviews, looking at what people were saying about it. And I, I found some really great articles online comparing products and saying, you know, this this product here is like a review website. So this product here gave 9 out of 10 sure. because of these reasons, pros, cons. This, this one here would be better if it had XYZ. And that really helped me to shape my my uh, my lead product just from going through that methodology.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. So you, you basically did what, what we all talked about and I've learned and I didn't invent by any means, but basically just going through the you know, the people's problems, but then seeing what people are complaining about with the problem or what they're raving about with the product. And then you can kind of, you know, kind of tailor your product and your messaging to, you know, speak to that that end user. You know?
1: yeah and, and what I should be clear about it really wasn't it really wasn't um starting from a blank piece of paper. I thought really hard about what the problem is and I actually did a lot of research into what is the best solution to that problem it wasn't what is the best product for that problem I thought it might come out as as something that that actually I couldn't sell online um and and it really was what product would really solve the problem so that when people bought it they loved it and told their friends about it and it would just just um, spread like wildfire, nice. and, and for me, that that was the core. I think it goes back to um, the the product positioning and, and uh, just making sure it really adds value. for For me, I hope it's uh, well. I know because I've got some amazing customer reviews where people just said it's generally changed their life, and that and that and that is, is is I think uh, some people being generous, but I think it has generally uh, helped people. and 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 the reviews that I've got are the sort of thing that will help me sell the business because it, ju- it just is a great story.
0: Nice. Now, let me ask you this. Um, okay, you started with e-commerce. So you started with a website and a, and a, a shop and all that stuff. Uh, how was that going before you decided to take it on Amazon? It, it wasn't. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, I need to say I didn't win the Shopify uh, competition. Okay. Um, what I found with with the, the winners of the Shopify competition is, is, is they all did a Kickstarter project. And that's something I didn't do. And, and I wholeheartedly agree with what you've said in a previous podcast that uh, a, a Kickstarter pro, um, project isn't probably the best way to uh, get your product on Amazon just because it gives such a head up to your competition. And, and for me, um, I'm glad that I didn't, I didn't go down that route. It was just trying to – this was starting the hard way. It was doing PPC. It was doing SEO. And I think I got most of my sales from um, – bloggers who were linking to the site and, and just, um, natural links. But, um, it was low volumes compared to, uh, to, to Amazon.
0: Now, when, when you decided to, you know, say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and enlist this thing on Amazon. Did you go through and start looking at other products that were similar and seeing what kind of volume they were producing or didn't you even worry about that?
1: No, no, I didn't at all. My, my, um, my, my mentor, um, who is is kind of runs the mastermind of about four or five of us? Essentially, um, was just saying, um, guys, you need to get on Amazon. Your 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 existing products will just take off there. And 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 he's he was the one who told me about FBA. And and it was in hindsight, but it wasn't luck in that I didn't do the research. I've just put my product up there. But I think that goes back to the fact that it was a problem that people were generally looking for. Uh, what I did do because of um, uh, knowing people who done it before me is i really changed the the wording around my sales copy so i I made it very keyword rich and made it very much targeted to what people were searching for but fundamentally it was it was um something that the that some people were looking for, but actually it was more about solving the problem.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I, I keep hearing that same thing is, you know, you're, we're solving a problem, right? You're, you're co- you keep coming back to that. And I think that's key when people are looking at products, you want products to, you know, you know, you want products that you know are selling, but they're selling because they're solving a problem. And the, and the, you know, the problem doesn't have to necessarily in like a health problem or it just needs to be a, something that someone's struggling no. with that this could help them in that, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, it goes right down to like, we're talking about like automating systems, right? For our, for our business. Well, you're looking at like feedback genius that solves a problem, right? It solves me having to go in and physically go in and email all of these people and they created this solution that we can now connect and, you know, put in place and then it takes care of itself and it relieves me of all this time. So it it relieves a problem for me. Uh, and it, and it makes my life easier. So, uh, you know, I think people just need to think uh, about that.
1: I agree, and I think the two biggest things to, to, to solve in a problem is is, is time and money. So yeah. it's is, is the problem that it's, it's going to save someone more time. Like, for example, here I've got a a, 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 a bottle opener. That's going to save my um time because otherwise i spend half an hour trying to open it on my table here. Right, so right, uh, right. It's, it's, it's trying to be clear what problem you're solving. And then it goes down to if I'm looking at this particular product, why, why would I choose this one over something else? So I I think, um, that's where Amazon comes into its own as a research tool, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not trying to, um, solve the big problems of the world. It's, it, it's just trying to, trying to, uh, make it clear to someone why they need it in their life.
0: Right. Okay. Now, um, now take us to, okay, you, you decide to list your product on Amazon and now what's your next step? You just list it, give it, give it great images, give it great title, description, bullet points, do you do any type of promotion? What, what, what does it look like for you when you list it in the first, let, let's just say, four to six weeks?
1: Uh, well, I, I come from um, uh, 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 the startup world. And um, our online startup world, we're very lucky in that pretty much everything can be measured. And I, I just tested, tested, and tested again. I think um, looking back, I must have changed the product images on, on a fortnightly basis I I really, really spent a lot of time on the keywords. Uh one of the other guys in my um in, in my mastermind is an absolute expert with the keywords and, and it was it's amazing to see how quickly he ranked. And this is really um oh, this is going back a year and a half ago. This this is without um the knowledge of how Amazon um ads really bump up the keyword. It was it was kind of by accident we all came across that and it was um certainly the first three or four months, just, just, um, we were getting a lot of reviews because we'd done a few offline um, off Amazon sales beforehand. We did, um, do some promotions through Thomason, um, yep. Yep. which, which I, I highly recommend. Thomason again was, was an interesting one in that I, I started Thomason before Amazon because, um, Thomason actually, uh, is a great way to re- reach bloggers as opposed to Amazon, uh, uh feedback. So, a lot of my natural um, sales on Shopify were through Thomason. We gave away um, a lot of of the product through Thomason and I didn't actually ask for Amazon reviews at the time. It was asking for um, links to to the site and that drove the national SEO and that got our sales. It was just by accident that a few of them started doing Amazon reviews and I was, and I was saying to them, why why are you doing this? And they said, oh, well that's what people normally ask us to do. They, they, They actually ask for less of the SEO links. So, um, that 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 drove it and um, within the first couple of weeks we were in double digit reviews and and um i think um i mean i I'm well into the the, the three figure reviews and and i think um, one of the guys in the masterminds in in, um, in the thousands and and I th- uh, one of the guys who well the 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 guy who's essentially my mentor absolutely dominates his his niche with he's the first six product listings in his category. So, uh, he's doing, he's doing crazy. Well. Yeah, I guess but, so. Uh,
0: but yeah. yeah, I mean, so what, you know, and what you're telling me too then is it's like, um, you know, reviews have a, have a, a huge part in Amazon because to me it's like, it's the social proof, but it's also, um, it, it, helps on that conversion rate, which then in turn is going to get you more sales and then in return is going to get you organic rankings. And it just, it's, it's a, it's a constant cycle, um, that I, I think if people can wrap their heads around that it 's like you know someone searches a keyword, they buy through that keyword, you get ranked for that keyword it 's really that simple yeah
1: and, and, and something that really helped us at the beginning, which again happened um, by accident was was we were, um, my product in particular was categorized as a hot new seller so i think um, and, and these were genuine reviews, the majority of these. I was really five out of five stars for a long time. Didn't get any any negative reviews. Of course, they came later, which you can't avoid. Sure, sure. But as a result of that, I, I, my re, my reviews were so were so. Um, and I think, as again, we only like ten five star reviews, something like that. It just really just jumped us into the to the hot uh, hot topics and hot hot seller category to the point where we were popping up as almost like a recommended by Amazon on all sorts of places. So I really do go back to what you recommend with your launch strategy in the, in the, um, that first kind of couple of weeks, Amazon does take note if you are doing really well from, from the get go.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Um, okay. So now let me ask you another question. Now, do you have multiple products now or still just the one product?
1: I have, um, two products on sale in the U S and I'm about to, this week go on sale with with one of those two in the UK and i have a third one in 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 production
0: okay so okay most of this was done with one product you you then ended up deciding to do a second product um, and i'm assuming the second product is under the same brand
1: under the same brand and very close to the the first product i think um the first product uh was my best source of um inspiration for my second product, because people kept saying, oh, we're using it for this purpose, and I really wasn't expecting them to use it in a different way, so much so that uh, the original purpose for it was um, dwarfed by how people were using it in this, what seems to me, a strange way. So what I've done is created a second product that's, that's slightly tailored to um, the needs of, of the second purpose. And uh, that that's what's just taking off now. And it's just going be completely remarketed as specific for that purpose. So I was worried at the first of, of kind of um, of um, digging into my own sales. But actually, they're so positioned so separately now, because I've reworked the wording on and the sales copy of the other one, that actually they're quite complementary. And what I'm hoping, I'm going to start um, doing some uh, coupon codes that people buy them together and, and, and actually it's, you know, you get your... Uh, percentage off sure. i think you mentioned in the past your promo yeah. code so um it, it, that that for me is key it has to be complementary products yeah. and um the third one on the way uh, if you go back to uh, amazon's listing that says you know people almost also bought this um i can i really hope that, that all three of those ones will be my products
0: yeah no and that's huge and that's why i've i mean i did a, a master a um hangout not too long ago and someone was saying that uh, there's an i'm not going to mention the course but someone's teaching basically to just kind of throw a a, you know a a bunch of mud at the wall different brands and different products that aren't even related and just seeing which one sticks and then hone with that one but to me it's it's why if you're doing all the work to get the one customer you need to then keep selling to that one customer you know and it just it's marketing one-on-one to me you know it's it's basic but i i I
1: couldn't agree more and and um I'll talk later on about a few. few I wrote down a few tips because uh, I've been listening to your podcast, and I think I think they're great. And there was just one or two things that that I thought, okay, it'd be you know this would be useful if, if uh, this was mentioned. Um, awesome, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was just thinking that, yeah. Well, I'll come to those later. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. No, we'll we'll three, definitely come yeah. to
0: that. I'll, I'll remind you. I'll say, hey, uh, Richard, you said you had some tips. Let's share them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that would be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're saying too, and I hope people are hearing this is is it's you're not overcomplicating things. You're not going out there and saying, I'm going to create 10 products tomorrow. You're finding a product that solves a problem. And then what you've done with the second product, which I love is that you basically are selling almost the same product, but just tailored a little differently to a whole different group. And by doing that, you're able to almost have the same product. You didn't really have to create a brand new product. You just had to custom tailor it to a certain market or a, a certain avatar. And, uh, I mean that's. I mean again. I mean it's using
1: the same manufacturer. It's using the same materials. I know exactly the lead-in time. I know exactly the cost. It's um, just just positioned in a different way. So um, you just use it in 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 a different way. And 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 that for me. I mean. This really has just gone on sale recently, so um, I'm I'm hoping it will actually increase the sales of my first one. That's the
0: plan. I, I would think it would. Um, now, let me ask you this. Okay, so you launched the second one. Do you do anything as a promotion to that? Do you go through a Thomason thing again, or do you do a, a three dollar promotion coupon? I mean, what do you what do you do? What did you do for that particular um, second product to kind of give it a little boost?
1: So it's literally just gone up, but um, the, it's it's Thomason. It's, um, I'm a big fan uh, as you are of, of Amazon, um, of their, uh, advertising yep. and, um, and what I'm really lucky is, is the following of my first product is incredibly loyal. And that's what I was going to say about, um, the emails and things like that in, in the tips that I was going to give later on in that I've actually had people in their reviews saying, I will buy anything from this company, which is, is just an incredible yeah, that's thing great. and that 's less to do with the product that 's to do with the customer service mm-hmm. and, and and I fully fully buy into what you were saying about the the email chain mm. and um, actually, one of the, the best things i 've done is is emailed people who 've done a refund and i 've got the email uh, that, that, that I can read out to you and, and, and send it so you can put it on the show notes but and I've actually had someone who did a one-star review. In fact, probably about three that did a one-star review and just said that this isn't for me. Managed to contact them privately, so off off Amazon, well through the email, at Amazon, but not not on the review. And basically said, look, we'll give you a hundred percent refund. Keep keep the product, and we've got a new product coming up soon. Um, we generally want to help with your with your uh, your issue. This other product might be more suited to you. We'd love to send you that and give you feedback. We're a small family business, just try and see how we improve. Nice. And honestly the the, the two out of the three changed their one star review to a five star and said, look, the product wasn't for me, but the customer service, I haven't had anything like this in, in you know in my lifetime. Awesome. And the other one just deleted their one star. So I genuinely believe you should look after your um, your refunds as much as you would look after uh, after your other customers.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's, those are some great tips because the customer service to me is definitely going to help you because then someone might even just second, you know, they think about it for a second if they really want to leave it, you know, they might not gonna, they, they might think they're gonna leave one, but then after you respond to them, they might just say, ah, eh, I'll just let it go, but you know, that company cool. was good. And uh, I love it too, because just, just last night I actually took a screenshot because I was going to share it with the Facebook group, because you know I, I went through the whole feedback in the, in the reviews thing, which you have you know mentioned. And I, I literally I opened up my, my feedback area, which I do about twice a day, and I had like eight in there kind of ready for me to give them my you know, they all left five star feedback, but now I contact those people with my email saying like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And Hey, if you wouldn't mind doing me a quick favor and leave me a review, it's different than a feedback. That would be awesome. It would help a small business like us. Thank you once again. And I mean, I got eight of them in like a day, you know what I mean? Like that's unheard of. And, and, uh, and number one, I'm building my feedback score, but I'm also building my review base. So, I think yeah. people that aren't doing that, I just, I mean, I have some people that say, ah, I don't worry about them. I don't have time for them. And I'm
1: just well, like, well, Man. one of my, one of my tips around that was uh, in one of the earlier interviews, there was a bit of a fear about bombarding people. And, you know, if you're doing three email follow-ups, for example, yes. which I do the same is, is that, you know, if someone doesn't do it the first time are they going going more likely to do it the second time, is it just going to get annoying the third time? Um, but there's a setting on feedback genius where you, if someone leaves a review, then it won't follow up with any further emails. Okay. And that is key, that is key for me. If you go to Feedback Genius, click on your message, um, well, go to Messages, click on Messages, and then go to Filters, and there's a little dropdown that says skip if seller feedback has been left. So if you, if you follow up on the first email and straight away they're keen to, to uh, uh, um, write a review and they go in, the last thing you want is an automated email to follow up saying please leave a review and another one a few days later saying please leave a review right right you can you can completely get away from that annoying um, pestering mentality that people are worried about doing these automated things for. Um, and there, there, it just, for me, that's, that's a great feed, feedback genius feature.
0: No, that's awesome. And you know, I, I, I thought that there was, was one in there. I thought there would have been, but I, I don't know if I just didn't look hard enough, but you know, I thought that would have been a great feature, but you're telling me it's there. So I'm, that's the first thing I'm going to do once we get off this interview is go into my feedback genius account and, and tick that little box. I do have to say, um, and the way that I've kind of, uh, got around this a little bit, is in my third and final email. The very headline of it is "Thank you," and then it basically says, you know, like you know, I, I this this will be my last email. I, I won't be bothering you. Um, I just wanted to make sure that the product is, you know, delivering, you know, whatever. And I just said, and, and if you haven't left a feedback uh, re- review yet or whatever, you know, please, you know, take a minute to do so. And if you have. I apologize for asking again and I appreciate it. Thank you. So I kind of like apologize, but yet you know, so I'm being real, I'm being a person, and um and, and honestly, I haven't had one person out of thousands of emails sent that said, Stop sending me emails. You know? Um, yeah. No,
1: I, I don't think it's a problem, but I know But that no, I, I think that's a, a great feature though. On,
0: on no, if we can avoid that, said, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that people are nervous about doing it. No, I know no, that I people think. People are nervous about pestering people. So I think if, that's you, if you feel that you're not, if you're genuinely adding value, that's fine. And, and I've spoken to the Feedback Genius guys a few times in that I've, I've been with them for, yeah, most of that time, almost two years in the, um, well, sorry, year and a half, because I've been one of the guys who's been requesting features. And one of the things that they're about to launch, if not, they have, have launched already and I'm not affiliated with them by any means, but if those guys want to give me a discount, that's great, <laughs> um, uh, is that they're soon about to launch uh, multi-channel feedback. So I, I do sales on Shopify, and um, they are soon going to integrate with, with e-commerce sites like that. So, again, it goes back to my original business model of uh, having a business that isn't just an Amazon business, but having tools that are scalable and can use, use throughout the, the market Um, that would be a great, great one for me.
0: No, and it's great. And, and again, we're talking about tools here and, you know, tools definitely are going to, it's like, you know, if you're a mechanic, right. And you're working on cars, you know, you, you, you need to have the tools. If you're working, you're a contractor, you know, you need saws, you need hammers, you need, you know, certain things are gonna make your job easier. Um, you know, and the thing is with tools, that's going to make your business easier to scale, but also easier to hand off that task. And say, you know, for the emails, this is what has to happen. For feedback and, and uh, you know, reviews, this is what has to happen. This is the system in place that's delivering this. And it's, it just makes it more of a real business, and it's scalable. Because, um, you know, it doesn't matter how many, pro- or how many sales I make in a day, they're all going to get delivered an email. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't matter. I don't have to physically do that. Yeah. You know, yesterday I had 50-plus units sold. I didn't send one email. It was all automated, right? The sales were automated. The uh, the the packing and picking of the products was automated. Right. The only thing I had to do is look at my feedbacks and I go, "Oh wow, I had eight people leave feedbacks today." I'm gonna message each one of them. So I did take you know 15 minutes and I answered those eight people personally because that part of it wasn't automated and I wanted to reach out and connect with these people because I wanted to get the review. And that that's exactly
1: what I do as well. Is 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 that last step written email. But on top of that, I do the the refund email. So if I get a refund that day, (coughs) it's exactly the same format. I mean, pretty much, uh, I mean, I've got it here. So it's very similar to your... your the way you you position your wedding is quite friendly so it's hi to whoever it is thank you for trying our product we're sorry to see you've refunded the product your satisfaction is our number one priority if you have any feedback please consider replying to this email we're a small family-run business and try and see how we can improve in the event you have any problem with your refund from amazon please contact me directly by replying to this email and i'll do everything i can to accommodate you thanks and have a great day
0: that's awesome And,
1: and for me it 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 Actually, I get more replies to that than than anything else. Because if I'm asking for a review, they just go ahead and do it. Right. But this is the one that they reply, and these are the ones actually I, I, I get a deeper relationship with. Um, That's great. Uh, just just as a random thing, yeah. I don't know. You you sign off all your your emails uh, by your name, don't you? I, I I do that with with from the founder for for a lot of them. But actually, interestingly, I've been testing. Um, different names as to what works best, and I have actually noticed that that a, a female name in some of the customer service uh, ones actually gets a better response because I, I'm able to 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 kind of um, if if it's a female that I'm writing to, I've noticed a better response if if it's a female writing to them, and it's more of an empathy aspect. Um, I, I've tested and tested this, and 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 it's a really weird, but it's anomaly. But it actually
0: helps. It, it's funny that you say that, though, because I'm I, I'm going to reveal something here. I've never revealed this before, but um, my um, my other partner in this is my wife, so I use her name on all those emails. Mm. I, so I use it as a female as well.
1: Yeah,
0: no, it's not signed off as I, me I, I or think, a man. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it's it's certainly not trying to mislead anyone. The idea is, I think the, the automated emails. Uh, will always be from me because it is, I mean, some of them you can tell it is an automated email. Sure. But uh, the ones that I really want to, you know, respond to what someone said, if if it's a review or anything like that, and I want to get a deeper connection, um, then, then I won't normally say from the founder. Because uh, I just want it to be a bit more personal.
0: Yeah, no, and it's exactly right. And, you know, I, you know, like I said, I've got a partner in this, which is my wife. So I basically have no problem having her sign off. And, uh, and you know, I do think it it almost gives it just a little bit more of a softer feel, I guess, because it is a woman. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know, I maybe I'm wrong. But it, I just, I feel better about it as well um, because, you know, I, I just think that it's delivered uh, easier. Uh, But yeah, no, those are great. And I think anyone listening, just taking that part away again from this is like, if you just pay attention to what your customers are saying and learn from it, don't, don't get upset that they're telling you about this. Obviously that's, it's a legitimate, you know, gripe. Now you got some people that don't read instructions, right. And they, they don't realize that, you know, something is done a certain way or something is produced a certain way, even though you've made pictures of it and you've shown it and you've explained it, you're still going to get those customers every now and then that are going to just not get it. Right. But Sure. but there's going to be but, ne-
1: but negative reviews
0: have, have been my best source of um,
1: r and d yeah I, I, um m- m- the research that I, I you know did before launch the product and i did procrastinate too much in the in that I just w- wanted it to be good and, and and i I completely hear the advice that if your product's perfect then you've launched it too late yep. but yep. what we did is, is um, did a really small batch of i think I even did like a hundred units when I first went on Amazon mm-hmm. and then, um, then just, just increase that steadily. But then I think I'm on version three now of the original product, which are just, just small tweaks, but just things people were saying, you know, could it be a fraction, you know, different dimension or whatever it is. And, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's like being paid for a, a research group to, to give you feedback. So, uh, I, I don't I don't hate negative reviews at all, particularly if it's on the seller account, like you said, which you can remove. Right. But I just I, I and also it's it's natural to have some some negative reviews. And I think but, some of them um, some of
0: them yeah. in, in there. I think some of them in there also make you more authentic. You know, I mean if you have all five star reviews, that's, it's kind of weird. You know I mean? Like, you know, you know that out of people buying a product, even if I'm looking at a product, if I see that they're all five stars, there's gotta be something there. I've always seen a product, even if it's got 2000 reviews, you're going to see that there's going to be some, some ones, some twos, some threes and so on. Right. And you know, fours I think are fine too. I've had fours written and everything was beautiful with the review. They just gave it a four. You know, it was like the review was great. It was just, they just checked the four, you know, figure. And,
1: and I don't know about you, but, but if I'm buying an Amazon product as a user, I will look at the top you know rated reviews, but I always will click on a three-star or four-star and see why they've given it that yep. amount. And, and, and actually, if it's still a good review and it's three-star or four-star and the written word is, is good, then, then great.
0: And it may be something that doesn't matter to you but matter to them. You know, it it might, they, they they may say like, you know, it wasn't long enough for my, my arm, you know, I've got long arms or something. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't have long arms. That won't that won't be an issue for me. Right. So, I mean, it's just, you you gotta, you almost take that in consideration when you're reading these negative reviews and seeing if it's going to apply to you or even if it's a matter, or maybe if it's a defect, then you say, oh, wow, people are all complaining that the Velcro comes loose. Oh, so maybe it's not made well.
1: Right. Uh, Having said that. Uh, a bad review used to absolutely ruin my day I, I, oh, yeah. I i've managed to set up systems to avoid that now in that um you can get text alerts from um feedback genius yes. or even email alerts just to tell you if you've got negative reviews you can jump on it straight away and the quicker you do that the more likely you are to turn it into a positive um but also i've i've, I've only just started using amz shark on your recommendation and that notifies you on 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 different reviews as well yes um but I, I I do remember that that after about a year of doing it i was my average stars were four point six out of five so when you're looking on the search results it just lists that it looks like four and a half stars out of five right and when you're looking at all the other ones that's it. I'm in a strong category and, and they're all pretty high but that that really made a difference and I do remember recently um, I really raised the price because I was l- running low on stock and I really went high on it um and uh, my products are high price point anyway. I mean, I, I sell my main product between $100 and $150. Wow. It's, it's a high price point product. And, um, and I raised the price towards the $150 mark. I noticed I got some few negative reviews where people saying it's not, not worth that money. Yes, uh, I do remember the day that I dropped from 4.3 stars out of 5, which is the equivalent of looking at 4.5, to 4.2 stars out of 5, which when you're looking, scanning down the results... it it, it averages down to four out of five. Mm -hmm. And that did actually make a noticeable difference to my sales. Mm. Just being four and a half out of five down to four uh, did, did drop my sales by about 30%. And um, I did everything I can to get back up there. And unfortunately I have now, but again, that goes back to the customer service uh, aspect. I'd far rather if someone returns it fine, give them the refund, I would far rather um, occasionally if someone's had a bad experience, say, keep it, and uh, something that someone else in my in my mastermind group has been doing recently, which I haven't started yet, is they've actually said to someone, look, if you had a really bad experience, we'll give you a £10 Amazon voucher. Yeah. And they actually said, look, we'll go, you know, our, our promise is to be 110% of what you paid. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you your money back and 10% with Amazon voucher. And I know that starts to sound crazy, but, you know, if you're starting to look down on reviews and someone said, look, they are the best customer service I've ever had – then it just pushes you over the edge. Um, So I'd far rather do that occasionally and reduce the amount of uh, negative reviews to keep over that four and a half average and that really just makes difference in
0: sales. You know, no, it, it definitely does. I think that's smart, and and that's what people got to you know get out of their head is, well, I don't I don't want to give them back all their money and let them keep the product because then I'm losing money. But you're not. You're losing more money by having an, uh, an unsatisfied customer that 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 mark is on your score, and now you're going to pay every single day of sales because of that. So yeah. you, you got to kind of get that out of your head, and and just remember yeah. that you want to do everything you can to protect your feedback and your reviews, and making that customer. One hundred percent happy.
1: Yeah, and I should be clear that that I don't do that very often. I send out the the refund email, and most of them from that just to say thanks or that's really great, and and that's it. And then they don't leave a negative review, and I know that they're happy. But it's the ones that come back with a long list of complaints and feedback, yes. that's when I think, okay, you've had a bad experience or like you said, they've not read the instructions. And that's when I try and go above and beyond.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So that's very few and far between.
0: Yeah. And and I do want to I, I want to go back to one other thing just to kind of pull up this point out, because we, we talked about making the business scalable. But if if we're if we're manually going in and, and, and answering these people, you know, on a daily basis, that's something you could hire a VA to do as well, a good Absolutely. VA. You know, you could say, listen, here's what I need you to do every day. I need you to log in. I need you to see if these are, if these are feedbacks are in, this is the email to send if they left a negative one to seller support. And here's the one, if they've done done a positive one and here, you know, you just basically break down your system and then they're going to act as you just, you're just a person typing the, the template really. Um, and, and then, so you could totally outsource that. So, um,
1: absolutely. And, 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 and everyone's got their own methods, but for me, the, the The important part is to not outsource everything too early because you want to uh, to to start to get a feel for what people are, are complaining yes. about and and that can feed your future product direction and then you can tailor the email and now mine are pretty much all templates yeah. so I'm I'm pretty much on the point where I could use a VA for that and I do use a VA for for other things uh, and then it goes back to um, other systems so uh, I I agree with you that you don't need a, a, a website or straight away i I had one just because i i I got into that before before um, amazon but i highly recommend three tools one is is feedback genius one is shopify when you want to go down that route Mm -hmm. and uh, accounting i I recommend zero again uh, i'll come back to that but that's at a later stage Mm -hmm. um i I mentioned feedback genius about you know how it's multi-channel shopify is Fantastic for one single reason, it, it it's linked to Amazon. It does automatic FBA fulfillment. Wow, so that's, that's great. If, if I I do a sale on on uh, on 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 my website, well, first of all, I don't pay all of Amazon's commission. Um, secondly, um, I can. It depends how you set it up. Be notified on that. Go in and hit. Yeah, that looks fine. F- fulfill. Or well, you can completely automate it. So someone um, goes through the, however you want to do it, they pay by PayPal, however, however it's set up. Then they get an automatic automatic email through Shopify, uh, say your order's on your way or confirmed, and then it notifies FBA automatically, FBA adjusts their stock count, FBA send it out, and it can be just as simple as Amazon. So very few flat platforms that I've looked into for e-commerce do that, and it really does work so if you want to do a website and do website sales Again, I go back to I really would make sure you are working well on Amazon first. But Shopify is the best platform for you because it it does the automatic FBA fulfillment.
0: Yeah, and and that we we could probably do an, a future show on on Shopify because that's a totally another whole topic and a discussion, I'm sure. But just quickly, so Shopify is that where your your website is hosted, or is that just like sort of like a plugin that's going to tap into your existing web platform, your e-commerce?
1: So that is my e-commerce. So. Um I don't know if you if you've used WordPress in the past. Yes,
0: yeah, I that's I definitely use that all the time. Just just
1: like WordPress. So you go in, you sign up, you go in and get a template. It, it's either I use a free template, they're fantastic. It's mobile optimized, the the checkout process is mobile optimized. Um and you then buy your domain. I got a domain through GoDaddy. Um I got an email address through Gmail and then with GoDaddy I just changed it to my branded name sure. and those three things all together made it a, 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 a front end web store that um com, is 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 really secure because it's using uh, again how you have said it, i use paypal and, and other things like that sure. but so you give real peace of mind security um and it looks really professional you can change it just like on a uh, really quickly by just uploading a different template uh, depending on what market you're in, they've got different ones for different markets. You can pay extra to get a, 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 a different um, template if, if you particularly want to. But it's just like WordPress in that it's it's very much a uh, content management system with templates, based and drop downs, and and also it's very easy to to integrate it with Amazon. And I think that's their the biggest unique selling point.
0: Yeah. So so really, though. So what I'm gathering here is um, so ba- basically you could you could create, that could be your website. And even if you wanted content pages on, on there, I mean, you can create content pages oh, on yeah, there too. Yeah, yeah. That can basically do like I've, a, yeah. a review of a product or a testimonial page or any of that stuff. And then it could always, you could have all of your shopping cart stuff internally within the same platform.
1: Absolutely. It's got my blog blog on there as well, which drives to cool. traffic. I know that Amazon recently have done a web store and I don't know too much about that. I, I, I I started on Shopify and then went to Amazon. If I was looking at it objectively now, I'd want to compare Shopify with the Amazon Web Store. Okay. Um, but um, I, I, I think the Amazon Web Store—I well, don't know too much about it—but I, I really do rate um, Shopify. It's like anything though; you have to build it and 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 make people go to it. Sure. It doesn't. It doesn't. It is quite SEO optimized. Um, so for, for my brand terms, I'm straight at the top of Google, but. It, it 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 does something to try traffic like any other site.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, I got a couple of questions and then we're going to wrap up. I've got the question that I have is for, um, you've mentioned like raising the price you're going out of stock. Have you ever run out of stock? And if you have, how do you get back to where you kind of were to where you can get sales ranking again? <coughs> I've got
1: a horror story for you. It's going to keep you awake. Thought, <laughs> that, that, that you would, you would never make this mistake. So Again, I, I never set out to be an Amazon seller. That was never the original plan. The original plan was to create the next Thighmaster. It was, it was create this big thing that you could sell, and, sure. and, and it would be great. And, and actually, I've now got to a point where I've got great terms in that I've got a few different suppliers for a few different products. One of them's in the UK, and actually, I've got 60-day payment terms with that supplier. Okay. So that's incredible if you think about the cash flow oh, in that yeah. I actually sell the products before I pay my supplier. And uh, um, I, I, I'll, I'll come back to that at the end in, in, the, in the big things for me about cash flow and niche and, and uh, your net profit. They're the big three things for me. Sure. But um, that that was just such a, a opportunity that I, I couldn't pass up with this Supplier. So I put, kind of put all my eggs in one basket in that, in mm-hmm. the, the, it was, it was such good terms that, that I, I went with that and completely underestimated how much, how much stock to get. And because it's, it's, it's such good payment terms, they, I allow them a longer lead in time to, to create the product. Okay. So it's a bit of give and take. Sure. And, um, and I was actually out of stock uh, after my first six months for two months. Oh boy. Which I know would, would, which would kill you. <laughs> I know it would kill you. Um, in that time, I mean, I, I, again, I was trying to build a product that I could sell. My my product is I've got an exclusive agreement with my supplier, and that supplier has a patent on that product. Mm-hmm. So, all intents and purposes, on my on my Amazon listing, it's a patent protected product, and and I'm in the niche that, that you know there's no other patent protected products, and everyone everyone no one can copy my product. However, what happened is, is before that um, that two months. I was I was page one, probably about position four or five, and there was I was doing really well, and and about three or four other guys were doing really well. Of of the other products in that category, there were about probably about three products, and it was just uh, different variations on them. And what happened in that two month window? I don't know if it was the same amount of time. I don't know if it was the same time that um, that that these courses that we both dislike yeah. came out or something. But the market flooded whilst I was away, and what happened is is a load of copycats came in and they copied not my product they copied the other products that had no no um no protection around them mm-hmm. and um i'm a big i I'm a big fan of what you're saying and that you shouldn't procrastinate for ages and try and get a product that you know no one else can copy because sure. a- anyone can copy anything and in, in, in get around it in one way uh but um, my product was just well before it went uh, out of stock in particular it was really clear that you know this was unique and you're not going to do this so they didn't went after me they went after my competitors and literally over overnight particularly whilst i was out of stock in two months the the leading product had i'm not exaggerating 15 to 20 copycats wow and it flooded the market and when i went back on sale i went to pay seven wow and you know you can spend forever trying to create a unique product but if someone comes in with a product that, you know, has copied someone else, sure. then you're just going to bump your listing down. So I really did start from scratch. And, and fortunately, I re- reached out to my previous customers and, and gave them codes to buy a second one and and, and, and did really hard on, on, the, on, the, um, on the Amazon, um, I always call it PPC, I don't yeah. know what the proper yep. term is, yeah, you're right. Amazon uh, on that side. So that just bumped me straight back up, and, and I got to page two quite quickly, but even now, I think I'm still on page two. My sales are right back up to where they were. I think these copycats have actually expanded the market. My, my sales are pretty strong even being on on sale page two. Okay. But I think what happens is you go to page one, and every single product is the same. It's just a different logo, and they've clearly mm-hmm. gone to the same Chinese supplier, Just mm-hmm. a different logo. They're starting to... The, the number one lead product has something like 5,000 reviews. Wow. And and they've what they've done is they've raised their price, whereas everyone else has just just lowered their price, lowered their price, lowered their price. And they maybe got a hundred reviews between the rest of them. And all that happens is everyone's buying the number one that, that have just dominated the niche. Yeah. And then they go to page two and they find a different product mine and a few others. So it comes down to, do you want the, the biggest one in the market, which I think a lot of them will go for that first one. Do you want the copycat, which is clearly a copycat, or do you want something different? And mine's solving a slightly different problem. So that's, so I'm not too worried about that one. Wow. Um, so I, I, am a big fan of dominating your niche early and, uh, I've learned the hard way what going out of stock can do. Yeah. It really, it really opens up the gates for other people to take advantage.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. The planning of the, of the stock I think is huge. And like you had said, and if you start seeing you're going out of stock, is, is that the first thing that you usually do is start to raise your price to try to slow the sales down. So at least you don't run out of stock. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. A- absolutely. And, and and I'm always surprised at how a little it does make a dent in it. And, and, and it, I think it goes back to one of the things you mentioned about someone else in your previous podcast in that you do feel a little bit guilty if you raise it to a point where people are still buying that you think, well, would I buy at that price? Mm-hmm. And you do feel a bit guilty. But actually you're trying to protect your, your uh, going out of stock and then for helping people in the future want to buy it. But you do have to, you do have to raise it. So for, for many periods I had to actually turn off PPC and, and again, my net profit has just gone through the roof because I've, I've been selling a product and actually ranking. Um, but that my biggest challenge has always been my, my turnaround time from my manufacturer has been so long mm-hmm. that my second and, and definitely my third products are, um, are, are much quicker because something I do that, that again, hindsight, I don't know if I would do, but all my products are sent by ship. They're all sent by boat, mm-hmm. which is why the leading times are so long. Okay. So, um, I, I, it, you got to allow for thirty to thirty-five days from finished manufacturing to be in stock again. Yeah, so I and mean, it takes yeah, was, it takes two weeks. I was going to say because if
0: they're manufacturing it in twenty-five to thirty days, you got to add another thirty days for for to arrive yeah. by boat. Um, now, mm. now, um, so I'm assuming, and obviously without giving your product away, but your your product must be oversized. Then is that why you're going?
1: My product's oversized, but I, it, is, it is oversized, but it's quite light. And and what happened is. Um, when you first go into Amazon sales, again, I, I launched with um, five hundred, I think, and that's the maximum you, yes. you can launch with. Unfortunately, my traction was so good at the beginning, you can you can request Amazon to increase that quite quickly. Sure. But I think I can't remember the exact time scales. But you have a certain amount of time where they say, well, we want to wait 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is to make sure you are actually, um, I think it's, I think I just looked at that. I think it's either,
0: either two, two to three months that you have to show like steady sales in order for them to give you more shelf space. I think it's something like that. That that
1: sounds about right. Yeah. So mine jumped up to like 5,000 pretty quickly, um, uh, stock. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, so it wasn't a problem, but, uh, yeah again if if I've been taking notes on your podcast and if I was doing it again the way I would I, I would recommend to people is if I were literally starting tomorrow I would start on Amazon I'd take a budget of $1000 I'd follow your plan of of looking for something like $3 product products on 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 Alibaba I'd buy 200 of those um like you said they always say minimum a quantity of five hundred—that's right. rubbish. You can get yep. whatever you need. Yep. Um, I would buy two hundred of those. Um, I would ship it by air, and um, and I would just build up a cash pile. I'd build up a cash pile, and then I would start to think about you know products that I, I, I could I could make a bit more unique, a bit more differently. I, I've invested in machinery for my products, so it really is difficult to copy mine unless you're going to invest a serious amount of money. But then i wish i had that cash flow rather than my own personal money from from my amazon sales so i really would you know take a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars if you if you want to hit the marketing hard and and just go from there and if you can if you can get 500 products and great but two to five hundred products one to two thousand dollars i think that's what you need to get started yeah. and just go straight for amazon without even a, a website
0: yeah no i i agree and uh, i I wouldn't have thought that two years ago because I, I came from, you know, content marketing and all that. And I would have thought, you know, create the blog, create the website, create, you know, the web store, you know, get some or you know, or SEO traffic going. And then I would think about going to like, you know, somewhere like eBay or Amazon. But now I'm totally the opposite. You know, it's like, why wait? Why well, you can just throw it in the stream of people buying <laughs> you know they're giving you the information of who's buying by looking at the BSR for the most part uh, and then you know modifying it in, in a way that can make it a little bit more unique and then start selling it and then like you said, then down the line if you want to do it on the third or fourth product you want to get a little more creative take some of that money and make something more proprietary go for it uh, I think that's smart um, yeah. You know, so okay. Let's. Uh, I got another question though. I wanted to ask you is okay. Amazon pay per click or you know promoted ads? Um, anything that you're doing there that you want to share that you think you know could be helpful, or are you just basically doing the basics, like just loading up an auto campaign, letting it run, seeing what the keywords that are converting, or do you pay much attention to that? Like, what's your what's your framework on that?
1: Uh, my framework is test, test, test again. So I'm constantly. Uh, I think I think my my typical routine, not so much on a daily basis, but on a weekly basis, is I, I will send emails to to try and get people to write a review. I will send a refund email, and I will I will monitor my PPC account. They're my regular routines, and then beyond that, it's it's about product sourcing and, and maybe optimizing a page. So for for me, I don't think I'm doing anything particularly um, y- unique. It's all about um, just looking in what's working. And, and, uh, really looking at what your competition are doing and, and you can, you can see which ones that they're popping up with all the time. So, uh, yeah, just, just, just go with the basics first, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. And one last question. I, I said that was the last question before, but I got one more. <laughs> um, the, uh, do you do anything for insert cards? I know there's a big discussion on that. Like, should you put an insert card in to get people to opt into a, an email? Uh, it could be a warranty card. It could be, you know, get more information on this product card or a guide. Or uh, do you do any of that stuff?
1: I, I, I have an insert card, but it's not for data capture. I have an insert card instead of packaging. So I, 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 um, I have a really good quality, thick. Leaflet essentially, which has my barcode on there, it explains the product. It has our contact details. If we've got any questions, and it does. You know, I think I will do a version in the future about leaving feedback. But I haven't gone down the data capture route. I know from your internet marketing background that's quite important. Certainly through um, Shopify, you will get everyone's email. So in the future, I may drive people for special promotions through Shopify. Um, and again, I would always lead with Amazon but send them back down the funnel through Shopify because you have a bit more control there about what what, what what I'm getting on that side
0: yeah that that's huge and I, I'm yes on my background I, I see the the importance of it and um, I mean I'm trying to figure out a way to do it where I'm within the terms of service and there's a little gray fuzzy area there because I think about like Sony I think about all the big brands they have warranty cards in there they have you know you know filling out the card with your email and sending it in or going to a website to register um, so I don't see a problem in that and I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm on the verge of testing that and and going through with that Um, but uh, my philosophy is right now is to get them to want to go over there because a they're not just going to fill out a warranty because not a lot of people are really Mm -hmm. too keen on a warranty they could care less sometimes if it's a $25 product who cares. But it's still another reason. But the other thing is is if you have more resources for the product, if your product lends itself to more resources that you can't fit into that guide, why can't you drive people to a page as long as you're not driving them to a page that's going to take them to another sale on Shopify, let's say, that's not going to be generated through Amazon. But even if you were on Shopify, but that sale was going to be done through Amazon, I'm not sure they would even have a problem with that because the sale's being done through there, but they would lose their their advertising fee, I guess. So that could be a little bit more of a gray area. But if you're just genuinely grabbing their email address, registering them for a warranty so you have information on them, so if they ever had a request for a warranty, you could follow up with them, and you're going to send them to another place area on your website that's going to give them more information could be videos how to use the product or uh you know could be uh you know di- different ways to uh to clean the product whatever um and if you're giving them that and then not really upselling them I even have it where I haven't I do have this right now which I don't have the uh, the insert driving them back to a landing page yet I'm in the process of that but the other thing is is um is you know being able to have them uh you know when they go to that landing page and they enter in their email address, um, they're going to also get a coupon code that says receive $5 off any Amazon order in our Amazon store. So Amazon should be happy about that. Cause I'm driving them back to my store or my, my listing for my brand. And then from there they have a code that's good for on all of my products. So it's five bucks off any of my products. Um, so I'm testing that right now, but It's so important and it kills me that I don't have all of these emails from these people that I can reach out to, not even to drive them to my Shopify store, but to drive them back to another product when I sell it, right? When I have a brand new product and I want to let them know about it, I can spike my sales in in Amazon and get the ball rolling so much quicker if I had their email addresses.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I have to manually email through Amazon the people that have previously replied to me about new products coming up and that is... A copy and paste exercise into the uh, into the uh, seller central. So that is a pain, that is the only way we're doing it at the moment.
0: Yeah, and we talk about automation and, and ease. You know, you, if you if you had these people all in your Aweber account, you go ahead, you write one email, you send, you hit send, mm-hmm. and you send it out to a thousand people. That's pretty powerful stuff. Um, and I think that you could drastically improve improve your rankings. You can improve. You can, you have so much more control. And then if Amazon ever did decide to put you out of business for whatever reason you have all of these customers that you could drive to your shopify um at that point but not until that would happen i wouldn't ever try to take those people and drive them off of amazon until i would see that my store on amazon wasn't viable anymore um yeah you know that
1: that, that makes sense that makes sense yeah um i, I had a question for you scott if that's all right just yeah to, yeah go right ahead I, I asked i asked my mastermind if, if if they had any questions for you and and one that's um I don't know if you know the answer, but ho- hopefully uh, either you do or, or someone in the podcast listening might. Um, what's your thoughts on on keywords in the title of of a of a listing? Do you know if um, the order of the keywords make a title, and whether or not you would go of your your brand first plus the the, the, the lead keywords that you, you know in that order? Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a few guys that have really strong beliefs over that, but I don't know anyone who's who's got uh, any evidence or, or any strong uh, reasons to how, it, how it's affected
0: them. Yeah. Well, he, here's my thoughts on it. You know, in every category is different. I'm learning that right now. I've got a, a good friend of mine, uh, again, one of my mastermind groups, and, um, you know, he is in a, in a certain category where he's only limited to like 54 characters or something crazy like that, right? It's like really tiny. Um, mine, I think I can have up to 100, um, but that's going to be scaling back from what I'm hearing. So, you know if you if you think that the brand name is going to be that much more valuable to have it in the front I know some people say do it I personally don't because I don't want to use up that space for that I'd rather use up this space for something that I feel is is one of my bigger my keywords now the keywords are going to be changing as you know you may think of it in the beginning like my first my my keyword that I want to rank for is garlic press right well you may find out that that's not your your keyword that people are really buying through so you might want to change that so i would say to try to get the keyword in the first 3 to 4 words okay but from what i'm hearing and you know some people saying that it, you know they've seen a difference or whatever but you know from what i'm gathering is yes that has something to do with relevance but not necessarily for once you start being established for all of these keywords because you're doing pay per click, right? And you're doing a super URL for a Thomas and promotion or whatever, right? Those there, regardless of if it's in your heading, if it's in your description, or if it's in your bullets, as long as it's somewhere in those three areas, then if you're getting, uh, you know, if you're getting sales through that certain keyword, garlic press, let's say, you're going to rank for that keyword and you're going to rank well. So. I don't necessarily know. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Know, I don't necessarily think that it's it's the the answer to all that you have to have it in that particular area. In the beginning, obviously, that's probably your your most you know relevant and your most you know powerful area is the headline because that's the first thing that that Amazon looks at. But really, let's let's think about this again. Amazon is ranking you because of keywords people have purchased through. That's really the reason why they're ranking. If they don't have any other reason to rank you, everyone else that's selling above you is going to rank above you, and you're just going to fall towards the end where no one's making any sales, and that could be on the fifth page, the 10th page, wherever. So I just think that your keywords need to be in your... In those areas, right? Your heading, your description, and your bullets, and then from there, it's all about getting sales through pay per click. That's why I'm a big, you know, uh, promoter of of using Amazon pay per click, even if it's not, even if it's just at a break even. Because, you know, like I had a month last month that I spent thirteen hundred dollars on pay per click. I had one hundred and ten sales through pay per click, but I had uh, over twelve hundred and fifty sales, you know, all, overall. So I had over eleven hundred organic sales, and for for me, I believe it's because I had Keywords being generated through sales through pay per click, right? And that helped me rank organically. Yes, I had the keywords in my, you know, my my different areas, but I didn't. My main keyword, I'm not. That's not where all my sales are coming from. You know,
1: no. And and I I think my gut instinct on this is if you're a big brand, if you're a normal brand like Nike, yes, then you would have Nike as the first term, absolutely, because people are searching for it. I I would I would leave with the search terms or or. or, uh, um, it's just going back to I, I'm being overcautious by, I'm literally have ranked the key terms and the first key term is my first like few words. Second key terms, second keywords. I've really even done it in order. Uh-huh. It, it is that, that precise. Yeah. It still makes sense, but I, I'm keeping it like that because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, uh, one thing I would encourage the podcast listeners to do is if you go into Amazon and look at sweet sweat, I don't know how big a brand. Is that a big brand in
0: America? Um, I don't know if it's a big, big brand, but they've become a big brand. Let's put it that way. Right.
1: Well, they, they did. in my opinion, and, and no one's pointing this out to me as like an Amazon amazing person, but I think their branding or their pages is great. I think really clear bullets, really clear pictures. I think their cross-promotion is excellent. So if you want to have a look at some good, good ones that... Certainly, ones that I go by. I think what they do on Amazon is great, yeah. And 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 they do lead lead with the uh, their brand, but I think that's because they're they're bigger ones that that can afford to do that. Well,
0: yeah. And again, if if you're a big brand that people are searching, even just if you went to Google and you looked up right like uh, Nike running shoe, right? Well, you know that Nike running shoe is going to be you know your your search term. That's your keyword. So obviously that's in your brand. But if your brand name doesn't have anything to do with a search, you know, if people if you have 10 people a month that are searching for your brand and you use up that space for another keyword that people are searching 10,000 times it, it makes no sense to me to put it in there in the beginning but like you said in the future if you want to get that brand recognition and the brand you know the branding of your product because then people are going to be starting to search for your product well yes obviously you're gonna to want to do that um, but yeah that's that's my take on it and I know that they're getting less, uh, you know, they're getting less um, or they're giving less uh, credit or you know credibility or whatever to uh, to making that that account because think about it. They want to do away with people being able to manipulate keywords and headings and keywords and descriptions and stuff so they're trying to make it just like Google has in the past they want to make it more relevant and they want to make it more you know make sense right And the one thing I would caution people is I would not put brand names major brand names in the head headlines or, or headline or uh, headings um, I would probably stay away from that because I don't wouldn't want to get any infringement or uh, copyright issues or any of that stuff. Um, you know, I've seen some people say, you know, works well with Nike, let's say, uh, you know, and, and I think that's a gray area as well. If you wanted to try it, you could. And then if they tell you to stop, you could, but I just don't know if it's worth it. Um, that's
1: an interesting point. Actually, something that I've never done, but other people in my mastermind do is, is, is I completely agree with, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go near any brands, but one, 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 um, guy that, that is in my mastermind did a lot of his initial launch by saying worked well with x and it wasn't a brand it was just it was it was a product type almost and you can see when he he goes to his um, frequently bought whenever whenever someone buys his product they always buy this other product what slowly started to happen is this really popular product on their page it would say um, frequently bought that one with his products And that is when it really took off for him. So it it wasn't a really big brand, and it it was talking about a product category. And I think that's fine. And I I think
0: that's fine if you want to say works well with you know this meaning not the product, but you know technically uh, another another way of using the product or another type of yeah. yeah, that's I think that's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I would definitely go after that. I'm just saying, like major trademarked, copyrighted names you know, I would stay away from personally. Cause again, I'm treating this like a business. I'm not treating this like something. I just want to see if it's going to work. And then if I get closed down, I get closed down. I don't want to get closed down. I'm getting good sales. I'm trying to build a channel. And eventually maybe like you have an exit plan and someone will buy the company. Um, you know, so, uh, but that, that's really how I would look at it. But, uh, Yeah, this has been great, and and I think we could talk for another hour. But let uh, me—you wanted to actually reach out to people that are listening if they're in the UK, and I did have someone actually just today, Richard, that actually um, reached out to me and asked me some questions about the UK because they're in the UK and they wanted to know if they should start in the UK selling like Amazon UK or if they should start in the US. And if they started in the US, what do they have to have for uh, you know to get that started? Do they have to have an incorporation? Uh, You know, so maybe you could a reach out to people right now if they, you know if they if they're listening and you know tell them what you know how to get a hold of you or come to the comments page however and then the other thing is maybe address a couple of those questions
1: sure um so uh if if you want to contact me probably twitter is the best way at rich turnbull that's at r-i-c-h-t-u-r-n-b-u-l-l as r-i-c-h-t-u-r-n-b-u-l-l and uh, what i'll probably do is i've just joined the facebook group you recommend okay great uh What's the name of that group again? Sorry.
0: It's just basically, uh, FBA private label group.
1: That's it. Yeah. It's That's just it. a Facebook right. group
0: and, you, and people listening, if they haven't heard of it, cause it's, it's, it's funny. That's kind of where I, I started with this whole thing, kind of, you know, networking with some people in there. And then I decided to do the podcast, but that I talked to the owner of the, cause I'm not the owner of that a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, your, your Facebook group, it's not my group. Um, but, uh, I basically uh, got permission to create a link so people could go there easily. Cause he doesn't have like a, its own URL. So if you go to the amazing seller.com forward, slash fb um it'll take you over to that facebook page and then you can uh, so what, you can register what i'll probably
1: do is i've just joined that i'll probably do a little intro tonight or tomorrow certainly before this podcast goes out so um, you'll see me on that so you can either reach me at twitter or, or on facebook <laughs> and, and i'm really hoping that experienced uk living sellers reach out to me i'm i'm Certainly not uh, touting myself as a mentor for no one, someone who's never started before. Because I, I I think there's better people out there, particularly from a um, the fact I didn't start on Amazon. Um, But I'd love to meet up for a beer. It's a shame you can't see this, but I've worked my way through a few here.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yes, you um, did. I'm jealous uh, too, by the way. (laughs)
1: um, uh, Meet up for a beer and just just to have a chat. I said I'm based in the south of, of the UK, but but want to set up a meetup group. Um, so just reach out to me for those two. Um, going back to your question about UK versus us, Amazon. I started on us, Amazon because my mentor and my, and, and the guys in, in, my group were actually, they're actually Canadian guys. And, uh, well, they, they started an amazon.com first as well, rather than Canada, just because of the sheer market size. And I think there was a, a thread on your fa- on, on the Facebook about yes. the relative sizes, even in the last 24 hours. Um, Fundamentally, the way I'd recommend it is because Amazon.com is is a much bigger market, I'd start there. um, Because it's a better test bed. If you launched in the UK, even if it's your base in the UK, and it didn't quite take off, you might be fooled into thinking, oh, that's not worth doing. But if you start in the US and it stakes off, and then you you transfer to the UK, you know it's worth plugging away. And when you start in the UK, you're opening up to five European markets. um, and, And as I said, I'm only... I'm scheduled to, to start on Friday this week, actually. So maybe I can let you know in the future yeah, how UK does compare to uh, to US because I'm literally listing the same products or so I have exact exact um, comparison. The biggest difference for me is the tax. In the UK, we pay VAT, which is 20% of the selling price, okay. which is a killer. Mm. So um, I, I, I'm sell, even though one particular product is made in the UK, I'm selling it at a lower price in America than I am in the UK, because of tax mm. which is crazy yeah. even shipping across and and um it i i would thoroughly recommend people to start in in, in US particularly if you're going to source through Alibaba in China and it's a real tried and tested ship uh, or or air from China to to US get it working get one or two products going and then then go for for Europe after that interestingly i don't know if you've been starting to get emails about this um amazon japan has really started to take off have you started getting those emails yet, yeah Scott?
0: i've started to get a few of those emails yep yeah
1: it's 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 i, I i've been told just from other people it's bigger than, than europe and it's like second after after america and then and, and amazon will do all the translation services for you so um i i'm i'm looking at that as well at the moment and and there's just so many markets and um and uh, my mentor in particular has tested so many things and he said he's got a far better return on investment than just taking his products that are working and just putting them in other countries rather than investing in new products that's great and, and actually when you think about that that makes a lot of sense i wouldn't necessarily want you if you've only got one product but if you've got three two or three products and, and one of them's really taken off just put it in another country and and, and uh, just get get multiple checks from from yeah. Uh, amazon yeah no that's
0: that's really cool. It's actually similar. I, I actually sell some Kindle books uh, as well. I've been doing that for a little while, and that's kind of like I kind of set and forget that for a little while, and it's still doing uh, you know over five six hundred bucks a month in passive income. But the uh, the thing is, I get I get a little bit of sales from from uh, you know uh, Canada. I get a few from the UK. I get some. I get some from. Uh, I think their markets even New Zealand. Uh, you know they're, they're all over, and there might be little small checks to those countries, but they're they're checks. You know, I mean, it's it's every single month and I'm not doing anything other than just listing my my Kindles in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I could see that as being huge for uh, for a product, especially that's taken off here and then just throwing it in there and seeing what happens, because obviously that marketplace, the competition is a lot less right now. And, uh, you know, you could almost take up all of the market share. So it's worth trying. And if it's not a lot of work because the product's already created and the listings already created, all you got to do is basically just copy it over. Uh, it's it's kind of silly. I mean, I mean,
1: Amazon does that for you. You literally just type in your, your, um, your ASIN number and it just transfers it all across. All you have to do is sign up with a different email. And it's just, it's just insanely easy. Amazon wants you to make money. So they make money. They just make it really easy. It's great. Well,
0: wow, that is, that's something I'm going to definitely look into. That's, that's great. Uh, okay. Now the one question though, that he did ask that I didn't hear you answer was, do you have to do anything different as being living in the UK to you know, like, as far as do you have, to, you have to have an EIN number in the US? How does that work?
1: I, I think it's actually easier in the UK to sell in okay. America than, than what you've told me you had to go through, okay. so uh, particularly from a lawyer perspective. So, there's, there's um, I set myself up as a limited company, and there's websites in the UK if you just Google set yourself up as a limited company, I think I paid. £10, which is like, you know, $15 oh, wow. to, to register as a limited company and got through all the legal paperwork. And, and I, I hear the trouble that you went through. It was so easy and, um, did that. It's an online, it's instant. Uh, then you, you're registered at company's house in the UK. You get, you'll get your number. That's what you transfer into, to uh, Google, sorry, into Amazon. Yep. Uh, what's, what's a bit more difficult is setting up a business account because I had to show that I had sales first. Mm-hmm. So I had to use my personal account for some time, which is a pain, particularly when you come to accounting. And, and I mentioned zero earlier. I've only started using that in the last month. And the reason I chose that is because, again, that has Amazon plugins, and and because I've just started or just about to start selling in the UK, you can have a plugin that splits out your UK and different country sales, and you can start to segment within there. So you can in your accounting say that I'm getting all my profit from one country or another, and 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 that's again going back to scalable when it yeah. gets a bit more complicated. So I wouldn't recommend that to begin with, but yeah, it's a pain the bank account. But setting up a company and getting on Amazon really isn't a problem. It's it, it, it's just as easy to set up on on .co.uk as it is .com, so I'd recommend starting on .com.
0: Nice. All right. Well, hey, this was this was awesome, Richard. I, I really appreciate you reaching out and uh, and coming on the show and being so helpful. And and uh, I, I know people are going to get a lot from this and, and just being inspired. And, and again, you just hearing more sellers that are doing it and they have a different way that they they got to where they are. But it kind of all kind of comes back to. You know whether you started on e-commerce and then you know you came to Amazon. I had another. Uh, I don't know if you listened to that interview with Will Evans, and he started. Yep. He started with uh, with being an e-commerce because that's where he came from. And he's like, ah, I guess I'll give that Amazon thing a try. And now he's like the Amazon things. You know, doing better than his e-commerce, but yeah, it's more on a passive scale where he's it's it's like he's almost on a recurring revenue. Um,
1: I, I downloaded uh, Will's book after your. Uh yeah, Your yeah, no, it's a great, it's, great. it's a great yeah.
0: book. I, 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 read it, and uh, I'll actually go back again because there's so much you can do just by, like we were talking today, about g- diving into those reviews and really figuring out the problems. Um,
1: Absolutely, and and what I'd say is it's quite short. I thought I was, I kept putting off reading it because I thought, oh, this is going to take forever. I, I I devoured it quite quickly. So um yeah think of it as just, you know, uh, as, as another thing to get your mind into a certain process. So I'd recommend that as well. Yeah. So uh, go for it. But yeah, I, I would, I would kind of finish by just saying, go down, follow this podcast. So I, I got on a taxi the other day and, and someone asked what I did. And when I was talking about Amazon, it, it's just this buzzword at the moment, but everyone's quite interested yeah. in, and the guy driving me was like, Oh, how do I get into this? I just said listen to the podcast because <laughs> I think it's it's going through just logical steps, yeah. going through the research, not throwing a load of money at it to begin with, just testing the market and, 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 and going through it in this really step-by-step process and um, just just measuring results, being really clear on your net profit. Everyone always talks about gross profit. Yep, you know, yep. you sell it for this, um, it cost me this. But you really need to look at, you know, what are your Amazon fees, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And 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 don't uh, don't think of yourself as 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 a a consumer. Think of yourself as a manufacturer. Think of yourself as Walmart. And don't be afraid if you've got fifty, sixty percent mar- net margin. People feel guilty about that. Right. That's what you have to do in case you have you know an influx of returns or sure. you know a, a, an unexpected bill. You need that for your cash flow. So. Um, just go ahead and, and think of yourself as a business and just go for it.
0: No, that's that's awesome, awesome advice. Uh, okay, so that's it. That that's going to wrap. I don't really have anything else to say, uh, Richard. This that was awesome. Uh, I think we should definitely do it again and stay in touch. And I know, I'm, I'm sure after this this episode that uh, you'll get some people contacting you. And I think that's a great offer. If I was in your area and I just heard this podcast and heard that offer, I'd be contacting you. Especially if you and I were in the same boat that we're in right now. We're we're very similar. We have uh, sales, you know, coming through. We could definitely help each other so um i think that's a great offer so if anyone's listening and wants to uh, take uh richard up on that offer i, I would in a heartbeat I, i'd buy him a beer too by the way <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> i'd buy you too uh, thank you <laughs> so uh, so yeah that that's gonna wrap it up i, I want to just thank you again richard it was awesome
1: uh, thank you scott and um yeah i really appreciate what you're doing for the community it's really good
0: awesome thanks Okay, so there you have it. What an awesome interview. And I just wanted to again thank Richard for coming on. That was really, really good and it's inspiring. And it also just gives another perspective on, you know, how things can how things can start, right? Not even being expected. And everyone's kind of thinking about, you know, like how can I find the right product and product selection and all this stuff. And his was just kind of done for a contest to kind of get things started. So he was just thinking outside the box, what could he come up with that people would be interested in? So it just really it's it's refreshing to kind of look at and see how other people get started and how it kind of turns into this thing, right? So I hope it was inspiring to you. It was definitely inspiring to me and I really enjoyed uh the time I spent with Richard. And I'll probably have him back on in the future to talk more in detail about some of the topics that I know that he's really an expert at. So Uh, So look forward to that. So that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Again, this episode is number 21. So if you want to see any show notes or if you wanted to speak to Richard, I'll give him the link to the comments page as well. And you can maybe have some conversation over there. And uh, the address will be TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 21. And you can catch us over there. All right. And I did also set up another small little page for you if you're just starting brand new for the very first time uh, or even if you just wanted to go back through and kind of have things organized. I created a start page, so this way here, if you want to go there, you can kind of see the progression of you know how I started and then the steps I took to get to where I'm at. So that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash start. And from there, I'll have a page there for you where you can actually see all of those those topics and those links that'll lead you directly to that content. All right. So once again, thank you so much for all of the comments, the feedback, the iTunes reviews. And hey, if you haven't left me one, do me a favor and head over there and do that. That would be really cool. And actually, I just set up something, you know, another little link here for you, if you wouldn't mind. Um, If any of you are hooked up on Twitter, which I'm really not yet, but I kind of am, but I'm not really using it like I should be. um, I set up a little link there that you can tweet out and say, that you're uh, that you're listening to the show and that you're enjoying the show and that would help us kind of reach people on Twitter. So that link is theamazingseller.com forward slash love and that'll just basically pre-populate a tweet. You can customize it if you want and click tweet and then you'll let all your Twitter followers know about the show. So once again, thanks so much for spending the time with me today. I really enjoyed my time with Richard and I hope you did too and we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day, great week great night, whatever time it is. Just have a really, really good day. All right. Talk to you in the next episode. Take care.